Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Hello, it's exciting to be here today, and thank you, Heather Falara, for joining us. Women in Electronics was founded based on um, some principles of advocating, celebrating, developing women in the electronic component industry and creating more of a voice for women. So super excited to have you join us today, Heather Falara. Welcome. And so I just wanted to start out the interview just asking you, you're one of our youthful up-and-coming leaders in our industry, and it has just been such a pleasure to work with you. You were one of our initial members at Women in Electronics who saw the vision early on and got on board with it. So I wanted to ask you, you know, how did you get your start in our industry? Tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got where you are, and, and maybe where you want to go. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. This is such an honor and um, my first time on a live radio uh, situation. So uh, this is really uh, going to be fun to have this discussion. I uh, really enjoy the electronic components industry, um, and I think I found a really nice home here. Um, I actually got my start in my career working for a manufacturer outside of our industry, but it was a really great experience for me. I started at a company called Navistar, which is heavy-duty uh, trucks, school buses, and wow. engines in a leadership development program. So I learned a lot about how a supplier works, you know, logistics, engineering, marketing, manufacturing, um, and sales. And I went into a sales role and then I went into a product manage- management role after that, actually in school bus components. Hmm. So as I looked to the next step of my career, I was really trying to figure out, I wanted to pursue my MBA, but what did I want to focus on? And there were two areas that I wanted to lean heavier into. One was e-commerce and one was global business. And Newark was a great choice for me because it really allowed for me to develop in both of those areas, get a better understanding of of those uh, two concepts. Um, which really did make for my MBA experience to be better in the long run. Um, I didn't get it immediately, but actually the experience I had at Newark for probably six years before I did that really helped me when I went through that uh, MBA program. Uh, But Newark has been a great home for me, as I said. I started as a product manager, and I really loved working with our suppliers. We have the best suppliers in the business. I'll say that to anybody, Um, not just because I'm uh, on the record. Uh, But it's been really great working with them about creating new and creative programs and uh, evolving our conversation from what was a catalog conversation, really, when I started to really more of a multi-channel marketing e-commerce partner. And that has been really fun for me and right in my sweet spot. So I think the supplier piece, I always tell the up and coming uh, folks in our industry, you know, try to get in front of suppliers or customers because you're going to really be challenged to grow. um, And that's going to be a a way for faster development, in my opinion. And speaking of that, I love to develop talent. Uh, I have a really wonderful team today. And I love talking to them about where they want to go and how we get there um, and building out that type of discussion. Um, And also people not in my team, I just think uh, develop talent is something I've been really interested in for years. So uh, as far as your last question, kind of where that takes me next, I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, what the future holds. I think I'm flexible on function, but as long as I'm leading teams, inspiring people, and growing in my responsibility, that keeps 
needs pretty fueled. Um, and I'm excited for the potential in that because I think specifically in our industry, there's tons of potential for leaders over the next decade and uh, folks that really want to work hard and create that for themselves. I think the opportunity is there. Well, those are some very good points. I, I do see you as having a very strong career in our industry and, and, and probably a lot farther to go too. But it's interesting that you brought up the youth because that is one area in our industry. It's one of the main reasons that when I first started Women in Electronics, I had um, a vision of bringing in young leaders to our industry because we are a very mature industry. And we do have a lot of amazing mentors and leaders in our industry. But we want to encapsulate that and bring it down to the, uh, the young leaders, coming, the up-and-coming leaders. So that was part of the vision starting Women Electronics, too. So you've been super involved with developing youthful leaders, rising them up, and you're involved with the Spark program through, uh, it's an industry program. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. What is your involvement? How is this Spark program going to help our industry? And what are, what are the benefits? Sure. Um, so I actually have been involved in leadership development for probably 15 years. I've been volunteering with this group called Illinois Leadership Seminars, which is really for high school sophomores. Um, and it's been a great uh, opportunity for me to be able to connect with how leaders grow and, and really from high school sophomores to see how awesome it is and how confident very diverse people are in and in, in them in themselves. So that was has always been a really big part of my life is that program. So when I got more into the industry and heard about the Spark program, I thought that was really interesting because it was a grown up version of what I'd been doing right. um, for a while. And that part of it, uh, so I was I had mentioned that to Fred Bell, who is the person who manages Spark, and as they look to take Spark 1.0 to Spark 2.0 and expand the program for a bit more professional networking, development, and learning about our industry, I raised my hand to be part of the planning committee for that. So earlier in the year, we scoped out that program and we launched it in October, and it was great. It's so wonderful to be around that kind of energy, um, you know, these up-and-coming leaders that are just so excited to soak up every bit of uh, advice mm -hmm. that they get from um, the awesome leaders in our organization. So it was a wonderful experience. I think that um, I see that going even further. You know, we kind of chat about Spark 3.0 as maybe membership in some of the other committees that are in the industry, whether that be EDS planning or some ECIA committees, where they can um, contribute more uh, to some of those uh, groups and be able to hear about how the decision makers are, are talking about the future of our industry. So, and again, I, you know, I said it kind of before is that, you know, these folks have so much potential for our industry. There's going to be so many things that evolve and change. There's going to be new roles we need in the next decade that we actually haven't even scoped out yet that they could be a part of part of that. They can continue that eagerness and, and willing to step up. Right. Well, you know, with your experience with Spark and also in your own company, what are some of the differences that you see in leadership styles with uh, our more mature leaders versus some of the up-and-coming leaders? So are there some differences in leadership styles that you see, and, and what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I definitely think there are differences. I think when I think about some of the really great leaders that I've seen over time in my company or even with some of the suppliers we work with, regardless of generation, there's common themes like 
connection, integrity, um, collaboration with their teams. I think that the newer group of leaders coming in, they display that in different ways. So for them, it's about less bias, more communication, Mm -hmm. um, and they are diverse. So, you know, there's more women in teams these days and more ethnic diversity and age diversity. So I think that just brings in naturally more of that confidence for people to be able to connect with a different type of leader that may resonate more than than themselves. You know, to be frank, when I first started my career, I was I went through that leadership development program and I was in more of a sales capacity. So a very gregarious, you know, extra, you know, um, extrovert uh, male was typically the leaders in that type of organization. Um, but now you see introverted people in sales. Right. You see women. You see, you know, so I think that that part of it helps uh demand more inclusivity and also for more confidence for people that are part of those teams. And I was really encouraged when we went to the WE conference that Sean Andrews talked a lot about the positive things that millennials bring to the table when Mm -hmm. it comes to leadership around um, transformational leadership that allows for more connection and long-term strategy. And I told her that after I said, that's the first time I've heard millennials talk about so positively. (laughs) It was wonderful to, you know, hear about it and also to read about it in her book. So I think that that helps. And then one really basic, but to me, a really important thing that I see with the up and coming leaders is that many of the up and coming leaders that I really respect at Newark and Avnet have parity at home. And I think that's a huge difference for them to be able to, you know, demonstrate that they have childcare commitments, demonstrate that they have commitments to their family um, after work, which might prevent them from something else. Um, but them being open about that, I think, makes a lot of women more confident that that is their situation and that's okay and that they can be open in talking about it. Wow. I think that is such a good point because there is a big gap a lot of times with women working, but also having to be very involved with their families. And typically the responsibility Mm -hmm. of the home falls mostly on the woman. In the Mm -hmm. younger generations, I think that is tending to change a little bit um, and become a little more equal. But historically, that has been a big challenge for women. So it's such a breakthrough to be able to talk about these issues, to be open and honest about what our needs are. And this is where women Mm -hmm. can step up and be very honest about that as well. So, you know, having said all that, do you feel that there's still barriers for women in our industry to have those upper level roles, given all the challenges that come with being a female leader? I think there are. Frankly, yes, I do think that there are still barriers that exist. Um, Some of the things that actually we chatted about at the WEEK conference this year were about the barriers and access to certain networks or access to mentorship and those types of things, Um, but also, you know, bias and mindset and lifestyle choices. And some of those things are things that women do to themselves that we have to be more aware of to change. And I think that's a piece that I'd say earlier in my career, I didn't really acknowledge the fact that I was a woman in what was a traditionally more male-dominated field. I actually think probably when I had my first child was when I really became more aware of it. And I think that being more aware of it and having to reposition myself um, in a way that, you know, doesn't hurt my own career, but then also helps other women that are in my company to feel confident that 
they can be honest about who they are and the responsibilities that they have. That's been a more challenging part and a barrier that um, I think I'm more aware of uh, now. But I think most of the time when I'm thinking about advancing and that type of conversation, I really try to not look at the past as an indicator of what could happen. And I try not to listen to the commentary that's going to bring me down. Um, I could probably think of different times where somebody said something that, you know, insinuated that I shouldn't go for this role because it's mm-hmm. it, because X, Y, or Z. And I think you got to be able to brush those things off and still have your goal in mind. So for me, one of the biggest ways that I get past it is making my own plan and then being really clear with my manager on where I want to go and having them a part of that. Um, most of, actually, I've, yeah, I've only had male managers my whole career. So, you know, having them in my corner so that they're able to advocate for me and be able to sponsor me in conversations that I'm not a part of has been a big part of my plan and overcoming some of those obstacles. And I think too, just giving myself a bit more grace. I think early on in my career, I um, was nervous to do things like, um, you know, follow up directly with an executive about a, you know, something they mentioned that I connected to or that I wanted to talk about in more detail because that might have been seen as too assertive. And I think now I'm more comfortable with myself that if there is something that I'm passionate about, I'm more forward than I used to be. And I think it's that you know, confidence, some of it comes with time, but I think I look back, I'm like, well, I think I had some wasted opportunities earlier on because I didn't have that um, confidence. Wow. I think confidence is such a big issue with many female leaders. Um, It doesn't matter. For what I have seen, if you're a senior vice president, uh, president, or an up-and-coming leader, confidence seems to be the big issue Mm -hmm. that we face as women because of a lot of obstacles uh, that we face. So that is one of the reasons why in women in electronics, we focus so much on professional as well as personal development, because we really believe that as personally more developed you are, the professionally, you're going to bring that to the workplace. So what Mm -hmm. are your thoughts about that? Um, And then also, other tips that you can give up-and-coming leaders, uh, aside from developing their confidence, what are some other tips you can give? Yeah, I think that um, being, so I I guess personal development and professional development, I think um, I've really taken a turn in the last few years to utilize the tools that are in front of me. So I've done a better job utilizing some of the training opportunities. You know, AvNet subscribes employees to LinkedIn Learning, which I think has some really nice modules for folks to take privately um, and be able to develop. But then also AvNet has this amazing RISE program, which we can chat about in a little bit. Um, And Women in Electronics has a lot of training too. So with the conference, a lot of um, times when people ask me how it went, I really said, I'm just so thankful when I do go to this conference and I take a few days to invest in myself. And I think in my day to day, I don't, you know, there's a, a lot of things that we're trying to balance all the time. That's not necessarily a focus. So being able to spend that time and say, I need to be able to develop myself. I need to come back with some tools that I can utilize and commit to uh, making sure that I use that investment, right, with anything else. As far as advice, I do think it kind of goes back to developing that awareness. You know, I think being able to understand how you come across having that self-awareness, talking openly about 
that to your manager, um, as well as some of the trusted women that you might have as coworkers or partners in the, in the business. I've um, had the ability to have some really good relationships with people where they give me really candid feedback, um, sometimes when I ask for it and sometimes when I don't. Right. But having those types of relationships is so important because they can kind of keep me in check against the values that they know I'm trying to portray. Well, that sounds really great. You're also involved. You mentioned the RISE program. Um, can you just talk for just a couple minutes about that, what your involvement is, and how you see that as being such a benefit in the organization as well? Sure. Um, so both Abnet and Newark have a RISE program, um, which is an amazing opportunity for, for women. Uh, they focus a lot on career and personal development, um, and they uh, acknowledge women across the business in a number of ways. So they have panel presentations, trainings, lunch and learns, book club uh, conversations. Um, we've started to do some uh, partnership activities with some of our suppliers in the industry. Um, and then also, you know, some of these things through WE that I think can be really powerful, too. Abnet also does this thing, which is amazing, and every year they nominate a female leader of the year. So they go across the business and they ask for nominations from men and women all around the business uh, to submit nominations on who they, um, you know, would, would uh, recommend for this award. And then they have a really wonderful ceremony where they acknowledge some of the women that have been recognized in this fashion across the organization. And last year, uh, going to that event, you know, you get chills. It's, a, it's incredible energy going around that. It's really just a phenomenal way to recognize people. Um, and last year, I was awarded that honor. And it, it was a career highlight for me. I'll never forget mm -hmm. how uh, that felt to be recognized for something that I absolutely love to do. Um, and also, you know, they started reading some of the comments that people had said in it. And of course, that's super impactful. So I think um, that is something, think about that, of all the people that sat at their desk and said, who's making a difference? And think of all the companies if they did something like that. It's just a really powerful thing. And I, I'll never forget it. Well, congratulations. You definitely deserved it. We're so honored to have you on our program today. We look forward to talking to you potentially another time. And uh, with that, Thank you for all of our listeners for joining uh, Women in Electronics, Thought Leadership Powered by Women. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.